Hey, 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 neighbors. Back on the virtual stoop for Stoop Sets, where we come together here on Instagram Live to talk about what's going on in the world. Hello, hello. I see Beth and Kara and Jess and Yana. Hello, I see you coming in. So wonderful. Welcome back. Welcome back, my neighbors. It is absolutely fantastic to see you. It's been a week. It's been a powerful week. Hi. And I'm really happy uh, to have had this week and also really happy to be back with you today and share some of what I've been thinking about. Hi, Devola. Hi, Jen. So good to see you. If I don't say your name, I might not. It might be just that it's going too fast. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for showing up on the stoop again, my fabulous neighbors. Uh, this is a safe space, let me just say that, for you to show up just as you are. In the words of the immortal Kurt Cobain, come as you are. Uh, speaking of the immortal Kurt Cobain, I want it, well, this has nothing to do really with Kurt Cobain, but it made me think of music. Uh, just while you're coming into the stoop, scooch on in. If you have noticed my t-shirt, uh, I wanted to just share who this was. So this is a t-shirt I got at one of my most favorite shows. This is Trombone Shorty. Trombone Shorty plays with a band called Orleans Avenue. And as you might guess, they're from Nolens, from New Orleans. And uh, two things. One... Their music is absolutely fantastic. Uh, big horns section. So if you're into horns, you're going to love them. Um, but also, it is a live show that you don't ever, ever, ever want to miss. So I just want to point that out uh, before we go any further. But the, I'm repping some, some trombone shorty today. And if you have never heard of him, get yourself on Spotify or uh, iTunes, which now is called Apple Music, uh, and, and give a listen. You saw them with Foo Fighters four years ago. Fantastic. Yeah, that'd be a hell of a show. Hell of a show. Horns Live is always unbelievable. I couldn't agree more. And I don't think I would have thought that until I had my first experience. Uh, so uh, if you're like, a, I don't know about horns, trust us. Trust us. So I hope that you have also had a powerful week. Um, it's a difficult week to talk about because there are simultaneously um, some really horrible things happening. Uh, very horrible things prompted what's going on this week. Um, but as a result of those horrible things, uh, I think there's also some very beautiful things. And there's been a really beautiful and challenging invitation to all of us. So if you get my emails, yesterday I talked about that invitation, that email. I send one out once a week, and that went out yesterday. So I invite you to give that a look. You can find links to it on my social media um, where I talk about that uh, invitation. But it's a, it's a big one, and it's an invitation that we in ourselves might meet with some resistance. And uh, I, get, I get that. It's like, I see you. I see you, Napes. 
giving you a big hug if you're feeling that resistance. It's hard. And I find it very valuable to unpack why it feels hard, why there is the resistance. Um, so you could stop at the resistance or you could be like, ooh, I am witnessing resistance. And frankly, I, I like to think that's what yogis do, that we notice what's arising and then we want to dig a little deeper. So I took a hiatus from stoop sits last week to uh, elevate uh, what I consider to be more important voices than mine. Uh, and I want to continue to do that work as well. Um, I was also asked um, to speak on a particular topic on our stoop today. So come on in and uh, cozy up next to your virtual neighbor. And I'll, I'll share my thoughts on this. And I'm, I've chosen to do this rather than continue uh, to ample, like to continue to mute stoop sits. I opted to do this because I think it's pretty relevant to the space that we may be finding ourselves in, particularly as yogis. So if you don't identify as a yogi and you're here on the stoop, stay here. I'm going to throw my arm around you. It's not just for yogis. It's for all humans. But I usually frame things in the context of yoga because that's kind of the lane that I operate in. Uh, and I want to try to stay in my lane. So um, the, the topic I was asked to speak on is this idea of operating from high vibrations. And I'm putting these in finger quotes. So if you're listening to this in the podcast later, this is in finger quotes. So I'm saying this is a label. So high vibrations versus low vibrations, also in finger quotes. And uh, the person that asked me to speak to this was saying that she and some of her friends were really struggling with the feelings they were having, which were decidedly of the type that are labeled low vibration. And I'm paraphrasing here, but to some degree, they felt like uh, they were doing it wrong because they were feeling all these low vibration things and how to move forward um, with things like anger, frustration, fear, perhaps even guilt, uh, how to move forward uh, authentically, uh, but, but in this low vibration, in finger quotes, <laughs> in this low vibration state. And I got really excited at that invitation to speak to that because uh, it's rich. It's rich and, hi Carol, it's rich, and um, I think it's helpful for yogis to, as I said before, unpack. Okay, first and foremost, uh, are there high vibration emotions and low vibration emotions, or are those just labels? So before I dive any deeper, one thing I want to say is I am not here right now telling anyone how to feel or act. I am not policing how you are showing up in the world right now. I am responding simply to an invitation to give my opinion on this. May it be of benefit. Okay, may you fold it into your process, but I am definitely not telling anyone how to act and I'm not judging anyone for how they're acting. Uh, I got I got too much shit to do uh, to be to be doing that kind of stuff. Uh, so high vibration emotions versus low vibration emotions. Well, I got to also say when it comes to assessing that. I personally am, I do not believe in repression as a, a helpful approach to living uh, fully and living wholly, you know, I, I do not believe in, in repression. Uh, side note, uh, I was raised Catholic, 
Uh, and um, I, I feel like I've gotten a glimpse of what repression can do. That's all I'm going to say on that. But I will just say that um, it's not that Catholics are bad either. I'm talking about the environment that I was in. Um, but I don't believe in repression as a helpful approach to living fully. I don't think that you can explore what it is to be a whole human uh, when you're repressing yourself. However, I do at the same time believe in self-awareness and self-regulation. Okay, and you could say, well, isn't self-regulation repressive repression? I don't, I don't think so. I think that's a very narrow definition uh, of what self-regulation is. Self-regulation to me implies that there is intention. There is intention. I have done an assessment and now I am acting with intention uh, versus um, repression would be not doing anything at all, like stuffing it down, tamping it down and not acting at all. So we look at the terms high vibration, low vibration. Where the hell did these come from? I am going to guess because I, I don't know the original source of this particular label, but I'm going to guess that it came from maybe uh, the yoga community, maybe what has been called the new age community. We could so loosely put it under the umbrella of like the wellness community, maybe, right? I don't really know. Uh, but I don't think that those labels came from, let's say, God, Right. I think that there were human beings that decided we can label and categorize feelings in this way. So if we could say that an industry participated in labeling uh, emotions, either high vibration or low vibration, then you might want to unpack, well, why would they be labeled? And I really thought about this. And uh, it's when when we when we're very honest about what these practices are all about uh the the it, it, it's going to sound a little bit more like this come embrace a lifelong practice of yoga most of the time you will feel like you are wrestling with conditioned consciousness you will be unpacking feelings most of the time you will be experiencing um, various levels of shame around your behavior that came out of conditioned consciousness. The trick is stay the course, keep up your practice, and that peace that you seek is coming. Something like that, right? <laughs> Instead, uh, that doesn't sound very appealing. Like, let's suffer just the right amount together for the rest of your life. That doesn't really sound appealing. So we add these labels, high vibration, low vibration, and you simplify the whole thing and you tell people, act in high vibration, not low vibration. Well, right away, that starts to deny and repress your wholeness, okay? That says you're doing it wrong and you're not a good practitioner unless you're operating in high vibration. So we get into a time like right now and you know what could happen? In my opinion, a couple things. Oh boy, I need to always be in high vibration or I'm not doing it right. And I can either, I call it ostriching, where I put my head in the sand and I pretend like, not. I don't know what's going on right now. High vibration, high vibration, high vibration, love and light, love and light, love and light. Or 
bypassing. And we say things, we deny what's going on in the world. We deny everything that would be in that finger quotes, low vibration category. We deny that those things exist because they're like doing it wrong, right? And then we're not, no, we, 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 we certainly uh, miss an opportunity to be activists and we start participating in what's called spiritual bypassing, where my spiritual path says I must always act in high vibration, therefore I have to ignore this or I have to deny this, or worse, I have to police other people that are maybe behaving uh, in a way that is actually recognizing these things within themselves called low vibration. So, how do we navigate this space? First, we look at the labels of these things that we would categorize as low vibration. Here's some that come to my mind. Anger, frustration, fear, shame, guilt. Did I say that one already? I don't know about y'all, but uh, I um, watched, I finally watched 13th last night uh, on Netflix. Uh, I have been working my way through a list of, of expansive uh, things to watch. And last night I got to 13th. And as I looked at the historical um, <laughs> picture of the 13th Amendment uh, and, and what's happened with mass incarceration, I felt tremendous guilt. I felt guilt around uh, being a participant in this uh, unwittingly. Um, I felt guilty of how much, how jazzed I was. The first time I ever got to vote was in the Bill Clinton uh, election back in the day. What was that, 88? No, 92. <laughs> how old am I? <laughs> 92. <laughs> I guess that's it. Anyway, what I'm getting at is that was the first time I was like, woohoo, yeah, I'm voting, I'm voting, I'm fired up. And I was 100% behind that guy. And I thought he was a breath of fresh air compared to what we had, blah, 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 blah. My politics don't really matter. But what I'm getting at is yesterday, last night, I felt tremendous guilt to see what a role his policies played in where we find ourselves today. And I felt guilty that I had been really very vociferous and, and enthusiastic. So what I'm getting at here is that I was experiencing low vibration, something that we would label low vibration. I was sitting there feeling guilt. And the thing about being a yogi is I that's a sign. That's a teacher presenting itself to me. This feeling of shame, this feeling of guilt that I was experiencing. Now I could be like, oh, and click away because I don't want to feel that way and I don't want to let those bad vibrations in or something, right? But as a yogi, I see that as a teacher presenting itself, a teacher showing up and saying, ooh, there's something here. Explore this. So I personally think and this is part of, I said, I don't believe in repression, but I do believe in self-awareness and self-regulation. So what I'm talking about here with that little example from last night for me was there was the, the guilt and the shame that I was experiencing quite profoundly were invitations. They were teachers saying, ooh, 
go deeper into this, explore what others would label low vibration instead of push it away, ostrich or spiritual bypass, and try to smear over it with some good vibrations. And instead, I wanted to go a little deeper into that. So I think that and, and sometimes this is called the shadow. And I do think there is tremendous value in the shadow. Now, when we are in the process of exploring or really feeling the power of these things that might be labeled low vibration, that's a time to be mindful of acting from those low vibrations, right? So there are things I could have done, I could have acted from that place before I really engaged in those feelings, before I explored them, before I unpacked them. And here is one of my favorite words when it comes to the feelings that are have been lumped under this category of low vibration. So again, some that come to my mind, anger, frustration, fear, guilt, shame, regret, right? Things like that, right? Here is what I love. The teacher presents itself. You're feeling those, quote, low vibration feelings. Now, careful self-regulation would be, so you practice the self-awareness. Ooh, I am witnessing, let's say, shame. That self-awareness, self-regulation would be, I'm going to be mindful of how I engage with the world while I'm experiencing this. I'm going to be mindful of my thoughts, words, and actions in this moment because I've got some work to do. So that's an example of self-regulation. Here's the word that I love. Allow these low vibrations. This is always in finger quotes because I don't like this label, but all these feelings that have been lumped in that category, we must allow them to metabolize. Isn't that fantastic? Metabolize. So just like you take food into your body, you metabolize it. it you break it down, right? And then it gets used. Isn't that amazing? It gets used and other shit becomes waste. Oh my goodness. So we don't want to be like acting from that space while we're mid-metabolizing. Instead, we just self-regulate to say, first awareness, mm, I am witnessing some profound anger right now, right? There's shit going on where you might be feeling angry. Am I alone in this? Raise your hand, <laughs> right? So you might be feeling angry. Well, you could be like, oh, no, no, anger, anger, bad, anger, low vibration. Or you could be like self-awareness. Dang, I am angry right now. This is like Mount St. Helens erupting inside of me right now. Woo, this is powerful anger. That's self-awareness. Self-regulation is, hmm, I am witnessing the power of this and I'm gonna need to metabolize it before I charge out into the world. Now look, like I said, I'm not policing anyone. You wanna charge out into the world? Charge out into the world. Me, I want to metabolize that first so I can drill down to what I think is the like actual energy of it, the actual energy that's free of the label, right? Then I can harness that energy. Remember, yoga is about harnessing, yoking, right? Then I can harness the metabolized like byproduct, 
right? And use it and use it more wisely. So I have a little phrase that I like to use in times like this. If it's of help to you, please consider using it yourself. Those of you that have done trainings with me, you've heard this for sure. It is simply this. This too, I can use. This too, I can include. So I don't like the labels of good vibration, low vibration, because I, then you're going to just seek the good. If something's called low or bad, like why would you seek it out? Instead, let it come, come what may, and you meet it with this too I can use, this too I can include. Why? Because self-awareness, self-regulation, and then I want to develop the resilience and stamina to work through that metabolization process. So why, 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 why all this? Do you know why do you say this? Well, for one, it affirms your wholeness. And that's really important to me. It's one of my messages. It doesn't mean it's important to everybody, but it's really important to me that we affirm our wholeness, that we don't let an industry tell us how we're supposed to act, feel, look, and all that shit 24-7. Uh-uh. I'm a whole human being. And you know what? When I acknowledge that, not just on the level of a fleeting thought or a phrase or a t-shirt or something, but when I really prioritize the embrace of my wholeness, you know what side effect that has? It enables me to embrace other people's wholeness. I develop compassion. When I'm willing to look at my grief, my shame, my frustration, my anger, my fear, all those things that we just put under that umbrella of low vibration, when I'm willing to sit with them, metabolize them, it develops an undeniable compassion in me. So when I see someone acting like an asshat, I'm not going to just go, oh, low vibration. I'm going to see it I'm going to have a reaction, you bet. I'm going to be like, dang, that's effed up or whatever. And I'm immediately going to recognize the signs of acting from fear, acting from frustration, acting from anger, acting from whatever it is. I'm going to see that. It's like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. I see that too because I've seen it in me. And maybe that person just doesn't have the skill set to metabolize it. So that's an example of acting from that place, right? That can cause harm. That can cause suffering. But because I'm willing to go there in myself, I can develop compassion. That doesn't mean permission. That doesn't mean that I, 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 um, I, I, I'm, I'm somehow excusing it. Oh, hell no. Uh-uh. But that allows me then to not act back, right? React back from the same place, right? I can respond from a place of having, let's say, skills in metabolizing my own anger, my own guilt, my own grief. This is a lifelong process, though. You're not going to feel, uh, um, you know, adept at this, like, right off the bat. This is something that we have to put out there, baby steps, little by little, little by little. So for one thing, being with these feelings that are under this label umbrella of low vibration, one, it affirms our wholeness. Two, it creates an opportunity for us to develop empathy, sympathy, and compassion. That doesn't mean you're excusing and condoning, okay? But you can 
you can see people from eyes of empathy, sympathy, compassion, things like that. And third, this process of this two I can use, this two I can include, when we metabolize these feelings, you know what then we have access to? Power, the power of those feelings. So I don't think of when I'm feeling guilt or fear or anger, things that I have felt all the last week, I don't feel like it's doing this. Metabolization isn't this. Like I lick my fingers and then snuff it out and then it's like, and then it becomes this little tendril of smoke that disappears. That For me, that's not what that looks like. It looks like I probe it from all sides. I try it on. I take it off. I step back. I assess. I unpack it. I open it up. I look inside, right? I, I, I'm exploring it to the deepest depth that my current skill set allows me to, right? And then you see it as prana. You see it as energy, as power. And this is where I feel like we can then transmute it. We can say to ourselves, okay, this unmetabolized anger has now become a power that I can direct intentionally, right? It's not snuffed out like, okay, good, anger, bye-bye, now we're back in good vibration. Oh no, now I have a resource that originally was like a big ball of anger or whatever, right? And now that I've done this metabolization work, I can take that nutrient, I can take that prana and be an activist. I can act not from the place of that, quote, low vibration, but I can act instead from a place of intention, but an empowered intention because I got this big ball of energy that I've just metabolized. You see what I'm saying? It's kind of exciting, I think. It's a lot of work though, and that work doesn't sell well, right? We like to do, well, the industry makes labels and stuff because it makes it all easier. At least it gives it the perception of being easier. It ain't easy. And I know a lot of you on here right now know this. It ain't easy. And, and, and the results are like growing hair, for God's sake, right? They're like, so you barely notice it, right? But they're happening. That just isn't as sexy as like 30 days to a yoga butt or making t-shirts that say love and light. It's so easy to put on the identity of a yogi, right? But the work itself isn't as sexy. And I just think that's where a lot of these labels have come from. May those labels created by an industry not hinder us in the work that is truly transformative, truly transformative. We just don't want to get hooked in the things that have been put under the category of low vibration. We just don't want to get hooked by them. And I also want to say, neighbors, with the biggest hug I can give you right now, it's like I could gather you all like a giant mother, right? I would love to gather you all, hold you tight, and say, we will still get hooked. You listen to this. Maybe this resonates. Maybe it doesn't. But maybe it does. Right? You listen to it, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to metabolize that shit. Good. Good. And we're still going to get hooked and we are still going to get hooked, then you're going to be compounded, right? Let's say you're angry, you get hooked in the anger. Then when you realize you got hooked, you feel like shit because you got hooked. Now you're like double. But guess what? It's never too late. 
the realization that you got hooked, that is a moment that you are awake. That is a moment that you are awake. That goes back. That is self-awareness. And then you can proceed with that mindful self-regulation and then the metabolizing of whatever it was that you're feeling and turn it into a nutrient. (laughs) Turn that ball of prana into something intentional. Take action that is in alignment with whatever the feeling was that you were having, be it anger, guilt, grief, shame, etc. I hope that made sense. I get very passionate and I kind of ramble and bamble on and my hands are going everywhere because I am Italian, but I hope that it made some sense. And if it didn't, great news. I'm recording this so you can always go back and listen to it uh, in the podcast form uh, if you want to digest it and metabolize it. And if this brought up feelings of anger, anything that would be under that umbrella label of low vibration, I almost want to say even better. Even better if you dare listen again and unpack it a little further. That's like if you're feeling triggered right now, ooh, there's a teacher. There's a teacher inviting you in. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about that feeling of this isn't working for me. Can we find the grace to see those moments as opportunities for growth, opportunities to explore ourselves, our conditioned consciousness, and maybe even develop some of that compassion, sympathy, and empathy that connects us, that yokes us. I wanted to share a quote. Two things I want to share, and then we're going to sit. Don't go anywhere. All right, so the quote is this. This is by Joseph Goldstein uh, from a book, Cause and Effect. He says, when we understand that karma is based on volition, we can see the enormous responsibility we have to become conscious of the intentions that precede our actions. The intentions that precede our actions. When we're acting from the unmetabolized feeling, I don't think that our intention is particularly clear. So, When we understand that karma is based on volition, we can see the enormous responsibility we have to become conscious of the intentions that precede our actions. Now more than ever, every time you share something, you participate in something, ask yourself, what's the intention preceding this action? Is it to self-soothe? Is it to activate? Is it to support? Hmm. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It doesn't fit on a t-shirt. It doesn't fit in a label. The other resource I wanted to share, it's not a resource, but the other teaching I wanted to share is uh, that there is a Buddhist teacher named Lama Rod Owens, just like it sounds, Rod Owens, uh, O-W-E-N-S. He's a Lama, and he has a book that's coming out. I want to say it's on June 16th, so very soon, but you can pre-order it, at least on Amazon. It's called Love and Rage, and I wanted to uh, share it with you today, not only because it's coming out, but I think it's related to this topic. He definitely talks about the metabolization of things like rage so that you can transmute them into intentional, compassionate, action. 
On that note, I also put out a class. If you haven't seen it, I've been posting this everywhere, so I'm sorry to be redundant for those of you that are very on top of everything I'm doing, but it's important to me to share. I put out a class that's called Transmute Yoga for Anger. I'm not saying they don't exist, but I hadn't seen one before, and I thought, ooh, interesting. The idea of saying yoga for anger requires that the person who's per, like considering taking the class has to acknowledge, yeah, I'm angry. And if we label that a low vibration, we might not even acknowledge it and miss the opportunity to learn something from that particular ball of prana that is your anger, that emotional energy that is your anger. So the practice that I created is asking you to recognize that it's there. And then it's asking you to, so that's the self-awareness. And then the self-regulation is you doing the practice. This is you metabolizing the anger that you may be feeling. I'll also add, you can totally do it if you're not angry, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but the reason I wanted to share it is, A, you might be feeling anger. I've heard from a lot of you that you are, and that doesn't feel, quote, yogic. I'm telling y'all, it's yogic. It's human. It's an invitation. It's a teacher asking you to study yourself and your conditioned consciousness. But the class uh, it, it empowers you to work with a particular energy and then transmute it. Um, so the reason I wanted to share it is that for the month of June, I'm giving all the proceeds of that class. So every rental and every download, 100% of it, I'm giving to the Loveland Foundation, Loveland Foundation, which is uh, a foundation started by the activist and writer and teacher, Rachel Cargo, uh, and uh, they pre uh, provide financial support to black women and girls uh, in getting therapy. Uh, and uh, that's, I just think it's so important. So I'm, I, I ask for your support. Uh, in helping me send a donation uh, to them. So that class is called Transmute. They're all on my website, ginayoga.com or ginacaputo.com. Um, but now you can also sort the classes by duration, vibe, and uh, focus. Uh, but the Transmute should be like the first one that comes up. So I ask for your support in that so that I can support the Loveland Foundation. Uh, let's see, Meredith says, I learned about that foundation from you. I love it. Have contributed. Thank you. Yeah. And I do appreciate you, you, sh uh, sharing, uh, sharing that and spreading the word. And the same goes for these stoop sits. If you get any value out of this and you think that someone else might value to hear this real talk coming from a place of acceptance, uh, then please feel free to share, um, any of this. Okay. Let's sit now before I keep going on and on and on. Let's sit together. So if this is your first time joining us, we wrap each one of these stoop sits uh, with a meditation. And this is what I would call a wholeness meditation, where we go through the koshas, the, the layers of our consciousness uh, as uh, taught in yoga, um, so that we recognize we are not just, let's say, an emotion, and we are not just a physical body. So let's do that. If this is your first time, I welcome you. It's not a long meditation. It's a guided meditation, and I hope that it is of benefit to you. So everyone, let's sit nice and tall here on the virtual stoop. Wherever your seat is on the stoop, please know that we are also together. Find a workable seat that might be cross-legged, maybe not. And I'd love for you today to place your palms down on your thighs to emphasize a feeling of groundedness in the present moment. 
one thing I would ask is that you just commit to these next minutes together rather than maybe have one eye here and one eye on whatever you're going to do next. Give this gift to yourself. It's not about me. It's about you. And feel the pressure of your palms as you press down into your thighs. Feel your sitting bones root down into whatever is beneath you. And then rise up through the crown of your head, the bridge of your nose, tops of your shoulders. And feel those polarities move away from each other. Those two poles move away. But then at the same time, you feel their connection in the activation of your back muscles, your abdominals. They seem to be opposites and yet connected. And notice any sensations in your physical body, both pleasant and unpleasant. And practice neutral awareness. Hmm. Interesting feeling in my back. Hmm. Pins and needles in my leg. Those kinds of things. Can you not react? Just observe. This trains us up to observe our emotions in the same way so that we don't get hooked and act from a potentially harmful place within us, pre-metabolized. And let's do the same thing on the next level of your being. This is pranamaya kosha, your energy layer of consciousness. We access this by noticing our breath. You started with noticing your body, now go deeper. Observe your breath and the sensations of your breath. Flowing in and flowing out. Can you focus so clearly you can feel your breath pass your outer nostrils to your inner nostrils and then back out again? And then go deeper and subtler and observe your energy in this moment. Are you feeling energetically contracted, expansive, grounded, agitated? There's no wrong answer. There's only the answer. And it will give you something to work with. What is your baseline in this moment? It's not wrong, it just is. And then go deeper into your wholeness. This is the third layer of consciousness, Manomaya Kosha, often called the lower mind. And this is where You feel emotions, you experience emotions, the whole spectrum. This is where most of your thoughts happen. What an impact they have on your breath, your energy, your physical body. And yet, they're not the totality of who you are. 
Emotions change. Thoughts change. Both can be more deeply metabolized. But what are they in this moment? Resist labeling them bad or good. High vibe or low vibe. They just are. What invitations are you receiving? And then go deeper into your wholeness, the fourth layer of your consciousness, Vinyana Maya. This is where it starts to get really interesting. This is where I'm observing from. This is the witness layer. The layer where wisdom and a knowledge accumulate. Where does that wisdom and knowledge come from? Awareness. It's from here that I am aware. It is from here that I unpack, explore. Here I witness my thoughts and emotions. Here I witness getting hooked in them. And yet this layer never gets hooked. This is the layer that notices. And then go even deeper. This is where we start to take a little leap of faith we're less familiar with this part of ourselves, but believe me, neighbors, it's there. Ananda Maya Kosha, the bliss layer. There is a layer of your consciousness constantly humming along in bliss. Now, this doesn't mean high vibe, low vibe. Believe it or not, this layer is completely unaffected by high vibration things and low vibration things. It's completely unaffected by anything at all. Your true nature is one that experiences constant bliss simply because you are alive in the world today that you are manifesting spirit before any labels are added. And go even deeper now to your soul itself called Atman. Your precious soul itself, this unique slice of the divine that is you, essential, necessary. This is what we seek to reveal. This is the place from which we connect to one another when we say things like, 
Namaste. On this layer of your being, there is no consideration of your skin, of your energy, of your identity, your thoughts, your personality, none of that. The divine in me connects with the divine in you. And then take a moment to pan out and see your wholeness. Yes, it would be nice if we were already in that space of constantly relating soul to soul. But we have all of these other layers, and they're all important. They're all necessary. And they are invitations to take the journey, the path, towards your divine soul, bringing it into the forefront. And so here, the wholeness in me honors and sees the wholeness in you. Now, dear neighbors, let's bring our hands together in front of our hearts in a gesture called Anjali Mudra, one of offering. Please, let's offer the merits of the time you took to join me here on the virtual stoop to listen to that commentary, to offer your reactions, and then to sit in this wholeness meditation. Let's offer the merits of all those things to those whose lives you touch and to all beings everywhere. May the work we do on our own journey inward be of benefit to all beings. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Peace, peace, peace. Namaste. Mm -mm -mm. Thank you so much. I see you that have just joined in. Donnie, I see you, my friend. Thank you so much for coming back to the stoop. We had a week of the stoop being muted, and I feel that was very important. And I'm also really happy to be back with you here on the stoop. Big hug. Thank you for that Om Shanti wild wonder mindful <laughs> wild wonder mindful big hugs to you all thank you again remember that this is recorded thank you Davola. remember this is recorded as a podcast called stoop sits you can find them all the the episodes stoopsits.com remember we did these what 32 days in a row before we shifted to weekly 
Uh, so there's a lot there that may be of benefit. Hi, Caitlin. We're just signing off right now. But like I said, if you missed it and you want to dive back in, this is all you can always replay the, the uh, IGTV. I put this on my IGTV. But for those of you that don't want a visual or you have a friend to share with that doesn't do Instagram, it's all recorded as a podcast and you can listen to it at your leisure. <laughs> don't worry, Caitlin, you can listen to it. Thank you, Kara. Thank you, Dana and Beth. I love you all. And I mean that sincerely. I've been really holding you in my heart. You are the people that I really identify um, as um, my treasured friends and students. So thank you so much for tuning in and for asking me to speak on something I feel so passionate about. Um, I'm grateful for that invitation. Jen says, thank you, Sav, after such a raw week. Tools for the marathon. That's right, baby. So may it be a benefit. Uh, I'm not for everyone, but I'm so grateful for you. So thank you, friends. I'll see you soon. So next week, back here Tuesday, 1030 if you, uh, Mountain Time, if you want to set it as a, like an appointment. Uh, for your on your calendar so you don't miss it I always love having you here live but there's always the chance to listen not live so don't worry about that and if you have things that you want me to speak about I'm always open to it always open to it so thank you keep on keeping on keep doing the work it's intense and you've got this we can do the hard things right it's real hard, it's real long, it's forever, but we've got each other and I feel that in my deepest heart, so thank you. We're just signing off, but you can see it on the uh, podcast or I'm putting it on IGTV right now. Mwah. I love you, thank you for being here.